Welcome back, Arbiters, to Intro to Firearms Part 2. And before we really get into it, I've got a correction sent in by one of our listeners, who in fact did find a full automatic weapon that ran off clips. It Retraction! Correction. Uh, I, I guess it's part retraction, but mostly correction. Did we just turn into an ASMR channel? <laughs> anyway, the Hotchkiss M1909 Benny Marcy was a full automatic weapon. It was a machine gun that used clips as a magazine. There so, you go. Uh, I stand corrected. Good job, buddy. All right, so where are we going today, Gary? All right, we left off with, we're going to get into what is a repeater, what is a semi-automatic, and what is a fully automatic. In weapon. that order? In that order. Okay. It's uh, not exactly historical, but kind of ramping up from what is most often, pretty much always legal in every, everywhere you go, mm -hmm. to kind of legal to pretty much never legal, mm -hmm. with, uh, with few exceptions. Okay. So a repeater is uh they're old it is an old system any kind of revolver that is a repeater any yeah. kind of lever action like a cowboy henry that that is a repeater your old world war one and world war two bolt actions those are excuse me repeaters so anything that requires an action by the shooter to reload the weapon essentially to reload the chamber yes. reload the chamber right okay Reload the chamber, that is a repeater. Gatling guns, mm -hmm. hand crank Gatling guns are considered repeaters. Yeah, I could see that. So it doesn't matter what you get a Gatling, a hand cranked, mm -hmm. specifically hand cranked Gatling gun chambered in. Yeah. Unless it's. It can't a, be mechanized like unless, that. Unless it's a grenade, right. um, it's considered a repeater and perfectly legal. Mm -hmm. You could have one chambered in 700 Nitro Express and. That would still be considered a repeater and fully legal. I'm just imagining one of those most old, states. one of those old like little Italian monkeys with the fez and the box, and it looks like a little music box, but it's actually a Gatling gun. Little capuchin monkey just running around. If the capuchin has the has has the muscle Cranking to it. operate that crank, if you attach an electric motor to that crank, that is now a full auto. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that I mean that makes sense. Then you no longer require the the movement of the person as the action. Right. Yeah. I I ran into that while I was thinking about getting a hand crank Gatling gun chambered in twenty two and uh, attaching a uh, electric motor to it, mm. and um, found out no that makes the ATF very angry. <laughs> if I had an FFL seven, and we'll get into FFL types in another another episode because there's plenty to talk about there just in that. Mm-hmm. An FFL is a federal firearms license. So, if it if the weapon requires a movement to not just operate the trigger, but to also eject the spent casing from the previous round and load a new casing into the chamber, that is a repeater. Yep. Um, to my knowledge, nowhere restricts that. Okay. Nowhere in nowhere in the union restricts that. Where does an FAL fall in this? An FAL? Yeah. That is a, well, that could be a semi or full automatic. Okay. Okay. The Fusil Automatique Léger, I believe, is the pronunciation of... That is the best French I've ever heard you utter. 
Does that surprise you that I'm talking about a gun? No. No, <laughs> <Shouldn't>. it doesn't. <laughs> so an FF or an FAL is um NATO's assault first assault rifle, mm. quote unquote. It's technically a battle rifle. But we'll get into the distinctions on that when mm. we find the time to. Yeah. A semi-automatic with one operation of the trigger fires the round extracts and ejects the spent casing and loads a fresh round into the chamber using energy from the just spent round. Mm. So if that's a gas-operated system, a recoil-operated system, blowback or delayed blowback, that's what that does. But it only fires one round per operation of the trigger. Yeah, you're operating the trigger, it's firing the bullet, and, and it's reusing the energy from that action to reload and well, it's using some. It's not reusing it. It's just well, using some of it right. to, uh, to, to operate the weapon. Yeah. But if you hold the trigger back on a, full, on a semi-automatic, or as I've heard some, some people say, fully semi-automatic, <laughs> that's not a thing. If it's, if it's fully semi-automatic, that just means that it's a fully functional semi-automatic. Right, right. If, if it doesn't work, then I guess it's not a fully semi-automatic. <laughs> Although, to be fair, to be absolutely fair, there are, there is kind of a middle ground between repeater and semi-automatic. I've seen it on um, some competition, certain competition guns mm. that you have to use a repeater, but to speed up the process, the round will fire, then the bolt will lock back on a on a new round and you have to keep hitting a button to send the bolt forward mm. so it speeds up the operation kind of a middle ground between a repeater and a semi-auto okay and you can get damn fast with them mm -hmm. every every weapon that um people tend to think of these days when it comes to what is owned by ownable by most civilians is a semi-automatic Every Glock, every AR-15, every AK-47 in circulation in the, in the United States, with some exceptions, before you guys get on me about that, is semi-automatic. Kind of a step between semi-automatic and full automatic, you've got a few different ones. One that was banned after the New Vegas, or, no, I said New the Vegas. The New Vegas? The, Playing the a little Las too much Vegas Fallout? Shooting. Yeah. <laughs> I love that game. Come on, give me a break. Wade Newton's the bomb, man. Mr. New Vegas. You got three kind of middle ground devices that can, well, four, that can kind of, sort of, turn a semi-automatic, fully automatic. Mm -hmm. Not actually in operation, but close to the rate of fire that you're going to get. Mm. And those are bump stocks. Bump stocks do not turn a semi-automatic into a machine gun. They, they, they force you, they make it easier to operate the trigger mm -hmm. very, very quickly. You, They can be effective. It's like adding a handicap. Yeah, it's like, yeah. I guess. They, they can be effective, but it's something you got to train around. It's not very intuitive. Mm -hmm. um, but a bump stock can kind of get you there. Well, now those had been. Are those still legal? I thought we were having some issues. No, those are those have been banned. 
The, okay, uh, that was really bump stock now it? legally counts as a machine gun. Okay, but from a technical standpoint, they're not. They don't turn it into a machine gun. Mm-hmm. Then you have a trigger crank, which I hate. It is a little crank that mm-hmm. you put inside the trigger guard, and you spin the crank, and the crank operates the trigger. Okay. And ha- kind of how a hand crank on a Gatling gun it makes it a repeater. Yeah. yeah. This crank just operates the trigger, so you are using individual operations of the trigger to fire the weapon more quickly. They make they are not ergonomic. I've used one before, and I will never use one again. I can't imagine that they would be. I'm just imagining trying to do that. You now, can't. of course, me being me, I, 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 I'm hearing the jack-in-the-box music or the gun moans. There's really no in-between <laughs> for me. If it doesn't do either of those, it's not worth it. It's not worth it, even if, even if it just does the normal sounds it should mm. make. Uh, one, two, three. The third one is called a binary trigger, where on a normal semi-automatic weapon, you pull the trigger back, it goes bang, then you release the trigger, and it resets, mm-hmm. and you're ready to go again. In a binary, you pull the trigger back, the gun goes bang, and when you release the trigger, it goes bang. Mm-hmm. So bang, bang, instead of bang, click, bang, click, bang, click, it's bang, 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 bang. Yeah. Early models of those had issues with what's called a hammer override, hmm. where the the hammer was moving faster than the bolt. It wasn't locking into battery. When it when a gun is locked into battery, it is safe and ready to fire. Mm-hmm. Something if the gun goes off when it's not in battery, that can be catastrophic. Yeah, that can be very bad. That can turn a rifle into a grenade. Mm. The last one I want to talk about is called a forced reset trigger. Where you squeeze the trigger, it goes off, and in the operation of the trigger, the trigger pushes your finger away. Yeah. And then kicks the trigger it kicks your finger away from the firing point, and it allows you, if you hold the trigger back mm-hmm. and apply continual pressure, you can get very high rates of fire. Mm-hmm. And it's going to feel like your your fingers being tickled a bit, right? And that that those four systems can approximate the rate of fire you get from a fully automatic weapon. Would you say that that practically it makes it something like an automatic weapon, or no? Mm. Is it close enough? There's a reason I went in the direction that I did. Yeah, where I started with the bump stock and ended with the force reset. A bump stock is much harder to be a be accurate and effective with than a force reset. Mm. A force reset really rides the line, in my opinion. Because, mm. yeah, it's technically individual oper- operations of the trigger firing each round, but everyone knows what you're going for here. Yeah, <laughs> practically it might as well be automatic. Might as well be. Yeah. For legal purposes, it is not, and I really hold that for legal purposes it is not and should not be treated therefore Mm -hmm. a full automatic weapon is that is a machine gun no no beating around the bush Mm -hmm. this is a weapon that is mechanically designed to with one operation of the trigger fire as many rounds as long as you hold the trigger down Mm -hmm. which is where we get into the term cyclic rate of fire in the military every every weapon has a Sustained, rapid, and cyclic rate of fire. I don't know about 249s, um, squad automatic weapons. 
I don't know what it is for M16s and M4s. For a 240 Bravo, which is what I primarily carried, you have a sustained rate of fire, I believe, is 1 to 200 rounds a minute. A rapid rate of fire is between 4 and 500. And the, the cyclic rate of fire, depending on the gas setting, was between 9 and 950 rounds a minute. Now, is the limit to this set based on like when it overheats, or when, when does, what? How do they calculate the limit to those? Um, with cyclic or cyclic, depending on how you want to pronounce that, it's one of those. Mm-hmm. Is it carbine or carbine? Doesn't matter. Both. Mm-hmm. Neither. Who cares? If as long as the person knows what you're talking about, you're good to go. Yep. Cyclic has a, a specific definition which is as fast as the gun will mechanically run. Okay. Okay, yeah, okay, that makes sense based on the way that you were talking about it. All right. So the cyclic rate of fire for a 240 is 9 to 950, depending on gas settings. There are some guns that run much faster. Mm. Uh, I'm talking MG42 or a gassed gun. And that was per what, I'm sorry? Nine... Over time. That's rounds per minute. Per minute, okay, yeah. <clears throat> Which, if you do the math on that, that's several rounds a second. Yeah, yeah. An MG42 could run, which was Hitler's buzzsaw, as they, as everyone likes to call it. Mm-hmm. I personally don't care for that nickname. And I, I don't know how many GIs actually use that term. Mm-hmm. Buzz gun sounds more like 1940s slang to me than Hitler's buzzsaw. Yeah. That sounds more like a propaganda term. Right. Had a cyclic rate of fire of... Uh, 11 to 1200 rounds a minute that's pretty fast yeah that's that is very fast a gas gun which was invented in world war one a cyclic rate of fire of 18 to 2000 rounds a minute a gatling gun can run as fast as 6000 rounds a minute and the next thing that we'll talk about after full auto because it gets even faster than what (laughs) a traditional full auto but wait there's more it's called a metal storm and we'll we'll get into that there's a reason it's called a metal storm. <laughs> Some guns run much slower than than a uh, 240 Bravo. For, um, your M60, the the, the the get some gun of Vietnam, mm-hmm. that had a cyclic rate of fire of around six to seven hundred rounds a minute. So, is there what is the benefit to having one having a, a machine gun that has a lower rate of fire? I mean, more controllable. More, I was yeah. My two were thinking more controllable, but it won't and less risk of overheating. Mm. Yeah, there's less risk of overheating, but mm. it's more controllable, and you're more conservative with your ammunition. Yeah. And those are your two big limiting factors these days. Mm. Not saying that a modern machine gun won't overheat; it absolutely will. Yeah. But with uh, rapid quick change barrels and all that that's less of a concern mm-hmm. as long as you you are paying attention to how much you're putting through right uh, each rate of fire that I was talking about sustained rapid and, and cyclic also had uh, how often you should change the barrels mm-hmm. the the 240 Bravo I was issued came with two barrels do they have one that that has a uh, mechanical rotating barrel so that you don't have to do that on your own that's called a Gatling gun. Okay, well, I thought a Gatling guns could still overheat. Now, I was picturing something like a Gatling gun, but it was more they, like it would fire out of one barrel for a while, and then it would turn, and then 
and just keep doing that. So oh, that none uh, of your barrels would ever overheat, and you could keep firing with very, very minimal time in between n- breaks. No, not that I'm aware of. Okay. Not that I'm aware of, no. that's okay. That would be one heavy gun to tote around. No. Because barrels aren't light. Yeah. You, I would, my, my, th- my thinking would be, I mean, you could have one that even just had three. Because, I mean, a Gatling gun, it just keeps rotating the same however many barrels that particular Gatling gun mm-hmm. has. And there are three-barreled Gatling guns, mm-hmm. typically chambered in 50 BMG. Yeah. But those are moving, those are spinning so fast that it, it, it's not really mitigating the, the overheat. All that oh, much. no, it is. Is it that yeah, much? There, there's a lot of air getting... Force through there. If you actually watch the firing of a Gatling gun, mm. um, you'll see a cloud of smoke kind of make a cone around the barrel. Yeah, it creates a vortex that helps cool the huh. cool the barrels. But if you uh, most Gatling guns have a uh, six barrels. Yeah, and and so yeah, it's got a, a sixth rate of fire of six thousand rounds a minute, which can be dialed down or mm. I think it maxes out at six. Most kind of hover around three. So a minigun is a type of Gatling gun, right? Yes. So what... A minigun is a... uh, A minigun is a Gatling gun that is actually run from a... um, Electric motor. Okay. Because a a traditional Gatling gun, when you say Gatling gun, Mm -hmm. that is hand cranked. Yeah. It's part of the technical definition of a Gatling gun. A minigun is one that... Is electrically operated. Okay, and that's, getting, so that's the difference. I did, I then you get a Gatling cannon, which is a mini gun that fires much bigger rounds. Mm-hmm. The most famous Gatling cannon in the world is the uh, Gao 8 Avenger mounted to the A10 Warthog mm. or A10 Thunderbolt mm-hmm. 2, lovingly referred to as the Warthog. Mm hmm. Because uh, it sounds like a warthog when it's shooting, and that's because, as one of my favorite YouTubers put it, uh, diuretic hippo is just not a good name for aircraft. <laughs> <laughs> so getting getting away from Gatling you know, miniguns and Gatling guns, mm. um, a gassed gun is another multi-barreled full-auto weapon. And that's G-A-S-T, right? Yes, that's G-A-S-T, Gassed gun. Right, not G-A-S-S-E-D or however that's. Right. Yeah. It's gassed. It's named after the inventor. I, I don't remember his first name. His last name was Gast. He was German, I would I would wager. Yeah. Sehr Deutsch. <laughs> and it was two barrels where firing of one barrel would operate the action for the other. Oh, okay. So it's it's like a reciprocating... Mm-hmm. Um, Almost think like a like a car, like a two stroke or, or two cylinder engine. Yeah, that's what I'm picturing. It's like a two cylinder engine. That's kind of how that works. And you could get very high rates of fire. The Russians loved them. Mm-hmm. The um, a, a lot of their air air or aircraft cannons were gassed cannons. Mm. A cannon is modern definition of a cannon is. Uh, Typically, 20 millimeter and bigger. Okay. Well, what makes that different than what they were, what we, how we used to define cannons? Because uh, like when most people hear the word cannon, they're picturing, you know, like an old, tiny, old time tiny, Napoleonic cannon. Napoleonic cannon, yeah. Yeah. Um, no, that's about it. Just size. Okay, cool. 
Um, I guess the question there, it was, is it man portable? Mm-hmm. We now have man portable cannons. Uh, Barrett, the company that's famous for making the... The 50. The, the yes. 50 cal, yeah. Hold on. <coughs> My apologies. Mm. Uh, also referred to as the 20 millimeter assault cannon in RoboCop, which was actually a 50 BMG sniper rifle. Mm. Um, they make a, I believe, 25 millimeter semi-automatic anti-material rifle. Well, you know, baby steps. Yeah, that that is a cannon. That is technically a cannon. Hmm. It is an anti-material cannon. <laughs> I want one. I want one really bad. <laughs> well, okay, so this may seem like a stupid question, but I'm actually curious as to the specific answer. Why, why do they call it anti-material? Okay, anti-material. Oh, the way you pronounce yeah. that. How is that spelled then? Is it spelled like the word material? Because you um, pronounce it material. It's like, pronounced, it is spelled material. Okay, so two L's and an E? Yes. Okay, okay. I, I believe I don't. I actually can't remember if if it has the uh, two L's and E, right. but it is pronounced anti-material. Okay, might just be French. It is, yeah. as as a lot of military terminology is, mm. uh, bayonet, latrine, yeah, um, <laughs> material, reconnaissance, <laughs> rendezvous, rendezvous. That was mm. the uh, what was the question? Oh, antimaterial. Yes. Yeah, what makes it anti? Why do they call it that? If it is a weapon designed to engage enemy equipment, it is antimaterial. Oh, okay. Okay. Okay, that makes sense. That explains why it, it, they tend to be larger rounds. Yes. Okay. <laughs> or, or special loadings. Yeah. Um, when I hear the word antimaterial, I think this is something that is meant to powder things, like people even. Oh, it definitely can power yeah. people. Yeah. Uh, one of the biggest claims, and I've I've seen it confirmed, and I've seen it. Um, I, I've I've seen the claim in writing, and then I've seen the claim uh, debunked in writing. Mm. So, one of the biggest anti-material things is. The, the 50 BMG, as fielded by the United States military, cannot be used to engage people. That mm. is against the Geneva Convention. Okay. you got to prove it, though. Yeah, you you got to <laughs> prove that, and it depends on which version of the Geneva Convention has been signed, because there are certain provisions of the latest Geneva Convention that we did not sign. We still use cluster munitions, mm. cluster bombs. The... Uh, the latest Geneva Convention says you can't use cluster bombs. Mm. We still use cluster bombs. They're damned effective. Mm. So if you're if you find yourself behind a 50 BMG in a military situation, and you are informed you cannot use the 50 BMG to engage enemy personnel, they might be wearing flak jackets. <laughs> I'm engaging the equipment. Mm -hmm. <laughs> they just happen to be wearing it. Mm -hmm. That was the, the justification that we came up with. Yeah. And a 50 BMG will do absolutely terrible things to a human body. Oh, I can imagine. I can imagine. I love the 50. I did not like the 50 we had. No. 
No, it was basically a three-round burst that kind of been made way too long ago to still be in service, but we were still using it. What was that? Hmm? What was the gun? It was an M2 Browning. Okay. Just you know, for- also called the Modus. Yeah. When I say the 50, I'm not talking about... When you when you mention the fifty, mm-hmm. unless it when is I think specific, when I say the fifty, I usually think the you know the Beretta the, fifty cal. Yeah, uh, Beretta. Or I'm not Browning. sorry, Beretta. The brown, sorry, the Browning. Yeah, the M two Browning. Yeah. So, we we we've gone through repeater, semi automatic, fully automatic. There's there's a step beyond fully automatic, as far as rate of fire, and that is metal storm. <laughs> the fire hose. This is electrically fired weaponry. The fastest... Tip-to-ass bullets. Yes, tip-to-ass bullets, and the fastest that one has been clocked was one million rounds a minute. That's insane. Yes. That, yes. Is, a, that, that is a bullet pen. Yeah, you, you'd need you a... You could write cursive. Mm-hmm. Legibly. Yes, the way a metal storm works is instead of one bullet per barrel, you've crammed a lot of bullets in the barrel. So the barrel is the magazine. And between, Is this the chain is this a chain reaction? No. Oh okay. Okay. No, you can individually fire one round. Okay. You can turn it into a semi auto if you want. Okay. It's just the trigger is a keyboard. Gotcha. And inside the barrel are little electrodes where the powder charges are for each oh, round. Okay. And as you hit the button, one electrode fires one round. Or you hit the button after you program how many rounds you want to shoot, and it fires them as fast as it can, which can be instantaneous. Or you tell it to slow itself down. You can program how fast you want this thing to go. The, can I program it into a, 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 a musical uh, keyboard? You could, okay, using different calibers and powder charges, you'd I have to I'd have. I'd like to do that. You know, there's already a weapon, or there's already an instrument that makes those kinds of noise. It's called a pyrophone. I mean, that's cool, I guess, but I want to be able to say that I'm giving somebody the black key, and it and it be terrifying. <laughs> or play the eighteen twelve overture and C sharp your own cannon button. <laughs> Those are your, uh, your your weapons with a corresponding rate of fire and kind of the definitions. Very quick and dirty. Yeah. Uh, in repeaters, you've got lever actions, cylinders, single and double action revolvers, bolt actions, and hand crank. Mm. In semi-automatic, as far as your actions, you have uh, gas and gas, which is broken into a few different systems. Gas piston direct impingement and then gas piston is broken into short and long stroke you have recoil which is broken into short recoil and long recoil mm-hmm. you've got blowback yeah and then delayed blowback which I'm counting as different from straight blowback because mm-hmm. it, it is mechanically more complex yeah. you can take all of those all for the semi-automatic, and those actions will apply to full automatic, with the exception of um, electric operation. Okay. You you take the the ones that operate in semi-automatic, 
you can apply all of those to full automatic and then add electric operation and uh, gassed. Mm-hmm. <coughs> Which gassed can operate off of any of those. It's just a modification of each. Right. That requires two barrels. Okay. Did we cover everything that we wanted to cover? Because that's perfect. We're at it that's pretty much minutes. what I wanted to cover in this section. Okay, cool. Well, you got anything else to say to the audience? Next time, we're going to be looking at um, FFLs, the the differences of FFLs and what an SOT is. Right. And how a Class 3 license is not a thing. Right. (laughs) One of the reasons I think that we, like when we first started this particular series, I know this is only the second episode, it it was just going to be kind of like a, a, a little crash course in firearms. But I think the reason that we won't do it as one full episode is because we can we can do this as its own sort of playlist where you go into very specific things in each episode and mm-hmm. we we can just have that as its own arbitrarian playlist as sort of like a special category. Yeah, that works. I think that'll probably be the best way to do it because otherwise it could be like an eight hour you know, an eight hour episode of the Arbitrarium where Easily. Yeah. Whereas this way they get a little bit each time. So I think it's a good when, idea. When you start to learn enough about any subject, you learn how deep that subject actually goes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, all right, cool. Well, you're the host, so play us out. <laughs>